Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. sites here, whether it's gaming, food, entertainment, all for you here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. All right. We uh, talk a little boxing this hour, and you know we had Bob Arum on the show a couple days ago, and uh, you heard some Muhammad Ali in that, uh, our show open there, and Bob Arum talking about the uh, Muhammad Ali-Leon Spinks fight that is on the website, on the homepage at tcmartinshow.com. Great interview with, uh, with Bob Arum reminiscing about the career of Leon Spinks, talking about Muhammad Ali and some, some classic stories in that interview. So make sure you go to the website and check that out at tcmartinshow.com. The two-time welterweight champion of the world. My right-hand man is in the house. Showtime, <laughs> Sean Porter. What's going on, my man? man I'm glad you uh, asked me to come down here today. I had nothing going on oh, at all. Perfect timing nothing. then, right? Yeah. Perfect this timing. For the first time. Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally you're, well, you're asking me and I'm moving stuff around. Well, so. not only that. I mean, he's in L.A., he's, he's, he's on Fox, he's NBC, he's yeah. on television. The man I, is in demand. I wanted to get him out here last week. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm down here shooting this. I'm Doing on game TV. shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing it all. NBC, exactly. NBC's taking me to San Juan, Puerto Rico next month. Is that right? Yeah, they're doing three shows uh, in Puerto Rico next month. Okay. Ring City, uh, USA. They're going to get back going on NBC. And uh, three Thursdays in, in March. Right. Uh, the 4th, the 18th, I believe, and I believe the 25th uh, of March will be down in San Juan, Puerto Rico. All right, so let's talk yeah. about the broadcasting career of Showtime Sean Porter. We always touch on it a little bit, but again... Uh, 
with Fox NBC. Been doing a lot of stuff, staying, staying busy. Give our fans an update about that. Did you did you catch the last fight that I uh, commentated, Caleb Plant and Caleb Truex? Yes, I did. You were outstanding, they, by the they way. They called me the morning of to yes. do that show. Yes. I, I didn't. I was a familiar with the card itself. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really have the kind of preparation that I normally would for yeah. for a telecast like that. And so it's kind of like you're winging it. And uh, after the fact, they're, they're, you know, just really appreciative that I was able to come right. first and foremost. And then were telling me that I did so so well. And I was like, I grew up, you know, watching it, you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm just basically telling you guys what's in my head, yeah. you know. So it's uh, it's and coming around very well. Uh, Fox is going to, they're going to give me more opportunities on, on the Fox network, on the Fox channel now, yeah. uh, as well as FS1. And then uh, NBC, they have uh, three dates in March that are solid and uh, two dates in April that are solid. So uh, I'm going to be busy for a little while. Yeah, that was uh, two weeks ago, the plant trial yeah, fight. Yeah. And that was, uh, you did a fantastic job with that. And, you know, hey, I've just... Uh, you know, I can't, I, I'm just going to say it. I mean, we talked about that Fox broadcasting crew uh, before. You know, you, oh. you, you, need, you need to be down there at ringside. <laughs> you're doing a little blow by blow. I mean, you're you're great up there at the dais and, yeah. you know, before yeah. fight, after fight. Yeah. But, no, we, we got to get you there, man. Hey, uh, what did you think about Caleb Plant? I, everybody thought he was going to win. I think he looked, in a, for the most part, we'll say 90% of what I expected to see I saw. Right. Do you think he's ready for Canelo Alvarez? Do you I think do he deserves so. a fight with Canelo uh, Alvarez? Yeah, then it, okay, deserving. It I guess deserving. That's, which is just such a, such a loose term in boxing. Okay, and here's what, here's where my answer comes in is just there's no one for Canelo to fight right now. You know what I mean? There's I no mean, one. There's no one really for Canelo to fight because he's he's cleaned up the the middleweight division. He yeah. tried going to 175. He took care of Kovalev yeah. and anybody else up there. So I just think it would. Would uh, would Plant be a decent opponent? Okay, but he's not going to beat Canelo. Yeah. So I, I deserve. I don't know. Maybe he's the best opponent possibly for Canelo. But I can't see Canelo losing to anybody if he's in his true weight division. Absolutely. And the funny thing that you just said, there's no one for Canelo to fight. No one has as much experience as Canelo. No one has the, the kind of boxing style that can really contend with Canelo. You don't have enough power. If you got the power, you don't have enough speed. I mean, it's like Canelo is uh, overall is the best boxer in the world. Total package. The complete total package, and it's something that we haven't seen in an uh, extremely long time. Right. I tell you, uh, Roy Jones Jr. wasn't the complete package. You know what I mean? As exciting as he was, as dominant as he was, the right person put in front of him at the right time, and then, and then eventually everything else just kind of fell apart for Roy Jones Jr., I don't really think that there's a right person to put in front of Canelo Alvarez. I just don't see him losing until he's done. Right. Totally agree. Unless I get in the ring with him. Right. <laughs> I, I teased you about that last time, too. I said, you want to put on a little bit of weight there? Yeah. But, uh, no. That happened. Hey, that, that, that payday would be nice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would. It would. It would. With Canelo being so dominant and basically knowing that and everybody saying that, is that a possible danger that maybe he gets an opponent down the road that he looks past? And Because when we just talked to Bob Aram the other day, he mentioned how when Leon Spinks fought Muhammad Ali, Ali basically looked at a guy with seven fights and didn't take him serious, and we saw the upset that occurred. Right. Is that a problem that when you have to go in, when you're in that ring, even if you're better than the other guy, you still have to be mentally prepared for yeah. the fight as well? I think your personality really does show up in the boxing ring. I think... Canelo is very confident, very cocky, 
confident and cocky enough to overlook somebody. But when it's really go time, I think his personality shows up. And even though he may not have done everything he needed to do in camp and things like that, I got a feeling that in the moment, he may lose a couple of rounds or get hit a few more with some punches that he didn't expect. And a, and, a, and something clicks. Might wake like, him up. Yeah, and it's like, all right, I got I to gotta go. It's time, it's time to wake up and get this done, you know. So I really don't see him overlooking anyone. I do think that the, that the Caleb Plant fight with Canelo Alvarez will be um, – it would be the probably I would say the most competitive fight out there for Canelo because of Killer Plant's style. But outside of that, I don't see anyone beating him. Okay. Yeah. Well, since we're talking a little boxing, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you. What's next for you in the boxing ring? What can you tell us? I can tell you that my dad is working on that fight that we all want. You okay. know that the world wants. Terence Crawford. Right. Uh, I don't know exactly I can't say exactly where we are in negotiations I don't even think we're in a negotiation phase but I told you last time I saw you that my dad and I talked and I kind of drew a line right <laughs> you know and and there's just this separation between uh, between Terrence Crawford and everybody else in the welterweight division everyone else outside of Terrence Crawford and uh, Errol Spence Jr., I'm really looking at those guys like, you're wasting my time, you're not worth my energy, and I don't, I'm, I'm better than you, you know, and going back to Canelo Alvarez, sounds cocky, sounds confident, nope. but that's where I am in my career, right. and I'm at a point now where if you're not a big name, Terrence Crawford, if you're not somebody who's just been so elite and dominant, Terrence Crawford, then I don't want to fight you. I've been in there with Errol Spence Jr. I saw, you saw what I can do with Errol Spence Jr. <laughs> yeah. Make some, some some minor adjustments. We beat Errol Smith Jr. Yes. in a rematch. I'm not saying I don't want to beat him. I'm just saying that I feel that the best fight for me in the world right now is Terrence Crawford. So I'm gonna beat that until it's until it's gone and dead, and and there's nothing else that I can do. So. And there was always that talk about that maybe you guys didn't want to fight each other because of the friendship and everything. And again, I mentioned you know we talked to Bob Aaron about this several times. Bob was on the show a couple days ago, and uh, he came out and said that. He was looking to make one of two fights. He wanted to make the Spence Crawford fight for Terrence Crawford, or brought up you, said Sean Porter and, and Terrence Crawford. And uh, he said he was trying to do a two fight deal with PBC and, uh, and try, to, try to make this thing happen. Have you had, you just kind of said there may be some talk, but has there been any conversation with you? And, and Bob, Top Rank, and PBC about putting this together. I've heard about the two-fight uh, plan that Bob Arum has for Terrence Crawford. I did not know that that plan included PBC or included Fox, but I did. My dad spoke to me and told me that they, they are wanting to put uh, a two-fight plan together for Terrence Crawford, whether that's with myself or with Errol Spence Jr., I mean, I, I got to figure that if the fights, if the, either fight goes the way you expected it to go, there's an immediate rematch there for, for either of us, you know right. what I mean, myself or Errol Smith Jr. So I'm not exactly sure what Bob wants to do. I got a feeling that he has more confidence that Terrence Crawford can beat Errol Smith Jr. than yeah. he does that Terrence Crawford can beat me, you know. So, you know, that always plays into the mind of, yes. of a businessman, of, uh, especially uh, someone like uh, Bob Aaron, who's right. been around the, the block a hundred million times, you know. Right. So he, he's he's definitely figuring not who I not only who can I make the most money with, but 
who can my guy beat and continue to look great against, you know? I'm going to give you a few comments and quotes from Bob, and I want to get your response on this because there's a lot to this here. So, again, he doesn't feel that a, it's, it's a pay-per-view fight pretty much with you and, 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 uh, and Terrence Crawford. I don't know if I agree with that. He did rule out Keith Thurman altogether, and you probably heard Keith Thurman just basically start blasting oh, Bob. Yeah. And, and Bob doesn't <laughs> want to have anything to do with Keith. Keith Thurman doesn't think that that is a viable fight. Yeah. He said he, there's two fights. Yeah. But Terrence Crawford has two fights left with top rank on, on his deal. Here are some quotes from Bob saying, he goes, regarding Terrence Crawford, he goes, he's got to promote like Teofimo Lopez does. He's got to promote like Shakur Stevenson does, like Floyd Mayweather did, like Manny Pacquiao did. If he doesn't, then who in the blank needs him? He may be the greatest fighter in the world, but hey, I'm not going to go bankrupt promoting him. The question is, do we want to keep him? I could build a house in Beverly Hills on the money I've lost on him in his last three fights. He goes, I could have built a beautiful home. <laughs> Again, if we did this fight with Spence and put our money at half the risk and Crawford wins and Al Heyman wants to sign him, he goes, be my guest. Oh. In other words, he goes, I'm not going to go in my pocket anymore for Terrence Crawford. He sums it up here and says, I don't have to make a lot of money with him on this, but I know I'll break even or make a couple of dollars. I'm no longer in the business of losing money with Terrence Crawford. That, when you that, hear that, give me your thoughts. Just very, very harsh. The first yeah. thing that yeah. comes to mind, when I was about 15 and 0, right. my dad's telling me, Sean, you need to do some things to get yourself noticed. It's not, you can't just get in the ring anymore and box. That's not enough. You got to do more. You got to do more. You got to call somebody out. Do this, do that. When, it didn't go in one area and not the other, but I was just like, eh, that's not me. That's I'm not right, doing it. Right. However, I understood that there was a growth process. There was, there just was more that, that had to be done. But you can't be at, at this far into this kid's career. You're not just now telling him, hey, promote yourself like this guy. Do, do what that guy does. And, and, and that way you can make some more money. You should have done that a long time ago. Right. You should have learned who your fighter was and figured out how to promote your fighter the best way possible instead of going out now and venting and, and telling all of your emotions about your fighter and what he has done and what he has not done, what you've, what you've made and what you've lost. Too much put out in the public, first and foremost. It shouldn't have never been said. With that being said, I understand what Bob... Is saying he's, he's saying what everybody in boxing says. Right. I want to make money. Right. How do you make money? You put together big fights. You don't look at. I guarantee you what he's doing. He's looking at a fight with Sean Porter and he's saying, I don't think that's a pay-per-view fight. He's saying that because he does not. He wants to give every reason for me not to want to get in the ring with Terence Crawford, because he knows that there's a lot of risk for Terence Crawford getting in the ring with me. He's looking at Errol Spence Jr. and he's saying. I thought I could beat you before. I saw what just happened to you. Right. You're not the same guy. I want you now. And that's why he's still saying that Errol Spence Jr. is a pay-per-view fighter. I just did pay-per-view with, with Errol Spence Jr. Right. now almost two years ago. No biggie. It can happen. It can be done. But you put limitations to make other people say, okay, well, that's not what I want to do and, and pushing people away. But <laughs> it's not going to push me away. <laughs> the only ones that's going to push me away are my team, or Terrence Crawford, if he says, hey, man, I've been hearing everything you've been saying, but I don't want it. Now I don't want to fight you. I'll respect it. And, and then I'll, 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 you know, move away from 
promoting myself into wanting to fight uh, Terrence Crawford. But I just think that there was a lot said by Bob uh, Arum said publicly that shouldn't have been right. said. I think, like you said, he's got two fights left on the contract with, with Bob Arum. I think Bob knows that he's he's basically everything's running his course and he's letting everything out now. But I think he should keep his mouth shut and do the right things for his fighter because the right things could happen for his fighter if he does it. You know, we all know that it's very hard to make these fights when you have two companies that don't really see eye to eye or work well together. Bob Arum in top rank and then Al Heyman, of course, in PBC. And as you know, you're under that PBC banner. You've got all these welterweights, including Manny Pacquiao now, that are under yeah. that banner. So it's yeah. easy to make those fights, yeah. okay? And I know, let's be honest, I mean, you're not as active, haven't been as active as you want to be, and you yeah. should have, yeah. uh, you know, ha have more fights. But yeah. no fault of your own. Yeah. I mean, you've done everything that they've asked. But the reason why we've seen Terrence Crawford not fight any of those guys is because there's been this unwillingness to come together and make the fight. Bob uh, says that it's just too hard to make this fight. It's too expensive because of, of the, Manny Pacquiao wants too much money, okay? And we, and we know that. And I think he's saying negotiating with Al Heyman, they just cannot come to an agreement with this. So when you, when you hear that, um, you know, how viable is that? It, I know that it's not true. I know that uh, when everything is right, it can be done. I think the, the first thing is you have uh, two different people running two different corporations, PBC and Top Rank, and they, two, they have two different mi uh, business mindsets. And I think that that's where it doesn't mesh because one guy is saying, hey, let's just do ABC. The other guy's like, no, the way we do things over here is DB, D, uh, DFG. Uh -huh. and, and, and because of that... It's just not working. I said that alphabet wrong. D E F. D -E -F. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah. You looked at him twice. I was like, I was, I was like, oh, you're, you're judging me. <laughs> you're judging and, me. And I know your children are listening right now. They probably got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just think that that's what it is. I think right. that you have two two different um, business uh, individuals who, who do business differently. And I think because of that, it's like, the, how do you get over that hump? When, when the timing is right and when the money is right, we saw it twice now with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Right. It can be done. Yes. And they're willing to make it happen. I think right now, Bob just has a lot of um, apprehension because of the money that he feels that he can't make and that he's going to lose. I think that that's where his apprehension is. You've said before, you've said it on the show, said, hey, don't lowball me, Bob. Yeah. So, and again, yeah. you, I think every fighter feels that way, especially where you're at in your career right now. How much is, is money a factor in you fighting Ter Terrence Crawford? You know what? The, the best way I say that is my dad's my manager. I go to my dad and say, hey, what do you think this fight is worth? My dad tells me what he thinks the fight is worth. I say, okay. That is my mark. I say, okay. If my dad, uh, hypothetically, if my dad say $2 million, right. oh, okay, I thought it was worth more. All right. If my dad says $5 million, okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Okay. Wh whatever my dad says. If my dad comes to me and says, hey, we did all the negotiations we could do. We're settled right now at two, two and a half. Are you going to fight Terrence Crawford for $2.5 million? Hell yeah, I'll fight Terrence Crawford for $2.5 million. Is that the best you could do for me? The business is done. That's what my dad did for me. I'm doing it, you know? So for me, it's not... A matter of how much money is just a matter of what's fair and what's right. That's what I mean by don't lowball me. Give me what's right. fair and what's right. Showtime, Sean Porter joined us here Friday afternoon. T.C. Martin Show here at the Cosmopolitan.
By the way, DFG would be a, a business that really works outside of the box. I was just about to see so, you know, the alphabet right now. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. <laughs> but how frustrating is it as the guy who's got to get in there and put your life on the line, put your career on the line against somebody to make sure that you're good enough and well-known enough that you're attractive for those fights, but yet knowing that maybe you're a little bit too good and the guy's going to go for somebody else and that's out of your hands. So it's got to be a fine line that you're going where you're attractive enough to get the fight, yeah. but still not so good that the guy goes, I don't want no part of him. It's an interesting thing, man. Caleb Plant, I think the best thing he did the night he fought Caleb Truex was he didn't scare anyone off. He didn't, he didn't show himself to be something... Uh, so much of a problem that nobody wanted to not deal with him, you know. So I think that that's the best thing he could have done. Uh, in a lot of ways, it sounds idiotic, but the worst thing that I could have done in the fight against someone like Errol Spence Jr. was look as good as I looked because after that, you're wondering if I really won or lost the fight. You're wondering uh, if you can fight and, and do the things that are, that are necessary to beat that Sean Porter that you know is going to get in the ring and, you know, so it's just it's a very interesting thing. The thing for me is I'm never going to be any less than who I am. And uh, if the opportunities aren't there, then that means that's that's just something that God didn't want for me. I'm never I'm never going to be uh, um, uh, heartbroken or, or, or mad or angry about anything like that at all. I'm going to always uh, take what's given to me uh, grace, grace, gracefully and, uh, and move forward, you know, so. He said, hey, man, you look too good tonight, man. Nobody wants to fight you. I said, hey, man, I can't help it. It is, who, it is what it is. If that's the last thing you guys can remember me for, then I did something great that night, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just move forward, you know? Hey, Sean, as a, as a question in general, um, as, as your career has developed, have you given thought? Obviously, you've positioned yourself in the media for, for when your boxing career ends. Is there, is there already a finite date of how many more fights you want to do or have, or there's more belts, or where do you see that? I mean, because, I mean, it, obviously you've got a lot going on outside of the ring. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm not a fighter that's about the belts. Uh, I was about the WBC title, all about yeah. the WBC. I had, I had to have that title before I retired. That's been done. It's not to say I don't want it back or I don't want another title or anything like that. I told my dad I'm more interested in the fighters. I'm more interested in what's gonna what 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 I want my legacy to be about is I want greatness to surround my legacy, and I think that in order to have greatness, it's not about uh, how many alphabets that you have the WBC, WBA, IB. I think it's about who you fight and how you looked and how and how you performed and how great and exciting that moment was. And for me. Now it's not about how many fights I have until I retire. It's about who I'm fighting and what that moment brought to my legacy. That's what it's about for me. All right. Showtime. Sean Porter in the house here talking a little boxing, his career, post-boxing. And again, hopefully we could see a, a fight with you against Earl Spence Jr. again, whether it's Terrence Crawford. And then, you know, Manny Pacquiao's name is, is still out there as well, it's too. It's so funny, man. Like, yeah. he, that's the, it's the biggest fight out there. Yeah. Uh, funny because if you ask me what fight do I want more, Terrence Crawford or, or, or Manny Pacquiao, I say I, I, it's, it's, it's like 49 to 41. 
I just, it's that close. I can't really decide who I really will want to fight more. I, and I messed it up again, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> we, we going 51? 49 49-51. <laughs> I'm having a day. It is what it is. You know? There's 10% of somebody and, else in there. You know what I said? Let's make sure you're not betting today, okay? I'll tell you when I caught it, when I said it's really that close. I was like, 49 and 41 is not close at all. You can't even say 50-50. You know? yeah. I didn't want to say 50-50. It's, it's, it's because it's, it's, okay. really, it's, it's 51 Crawford. Okay. 49 Manny. Uh, Manny. It really is because I just think that right now, getting in the ring with, with Terrence, there's no excuses. He's, he's, he's young like me. He's, he's exciting like me. He, I mean, he's got all the tools like me. And the list goes on. I think with Manny, there's a lot, especially right now with everything going on in the world and what he's got going on. In his in his country, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of reasons why. If I look the way I look against Manny Pacquiao, as to why I did. Remember, Manny Pacquiao, in a lot of people's mind, was not supposed to beat Keith Thurman, you know. So there was the excuses of, you know, he's oh he's past his prime, yeah. and you know, and the list goes on from there, you know. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I kind of want Terrence Crawford a little bit more because I just feel like when you talk about credit and you talk about uh, what was amazing, there's more to be said in beating Terrence Crawford than it is in beating Manny Pacquiao. He's an iconic fighter, and he's, I mean, he, I've been in the ring with him. He's just amazing, you know, and not to say I wouldn't want to get in the ring with that as a professional in a real fight and make that kind of money. I just think that there's a little bit more to the Terrence Crawford fight for me. But let's rewind a little bit because that first fight like we talked about with you and Earl Spence Jr. at Staples Center, it was fantastic, and after... Uh, Spence won the last fight. We were talking, okay, now Sean's up next. Yeah. That was the talk. We yeah. were all set. That was going to be it. And now, all of a sudden, you know, Crawford's at the fight, and, there's, and, and all the banter is going between those two. Wait a minute. Let's run the Porter Spence yeah. Jr. fight back. Yeah. And right now, if there's this stalemate between Crawford and Spence, with, with Bob and, and, and Al, then yeah. why can't we run this back? You guys are on the exactly. same umbrella. It's, it's, Has that been talked about how, with you? How, now, how mind-blowing is it that it's been announced that I'm the mandatory for right. two of his belts? Right. He's only got two. I'm the mandatory to fight both of those belts. So if you say, hey, I, I, I want to I uh, vacate the WBC title, I'll say, okay, cool, w, uh, vacate the WBC. I still want the big fight for the IBF. It is, you have no way around me. However, some way they're talking now – Errol Smith Jr. and uh, your Dennis Ugas. They're not talking you Sean Porter and, and Errol Smith Jr., you know. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, keeping, staying quiet and just really trying to figure out what's going on. What, what, what does the business want to do? And then I'm going to figure out, like, how I can intervene and make it so that, you know, the business is Sean Porter. But it's funny. You're like, we're, we're stable mates, and you're not even talking about making a fight that's supposed to be mandatory right. happen. It's, it, it, exactly. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's boxing. <laughs> but, but then again, it really – and, and I think there's something to what, what Bob says. Bob says that, that Spence doesn't want to fight Crawford. I don't believe Spence wants to fight you again either. Yeah. I think there's some truth to, yeah. you know, he's, he's going Mayweather-esque on us. Yeah. You know, it's like he wants yeah. to kind of handpick his opponents. Yeah, I think he, uh, he kind of seemed that way to me before he, before he fought me. He seemed like he was kind of getting into that right. Mayweather-esque type of mentality. Well, where, Keith Thurman did it with you, you know, too. And Keith, How Keith long did that go back did and forth? <laughs> Keith definitely did it. I mean, when you when you fight once a year, when you're trying to pick the perfect opponent and all that kind of stuff, that's th that that's a 
that's a format or a uh, a, a blueprint that that's been kind of established by uh, Floyd Mayweather. You know, so um, I, I you know I don't know. You know, I, you, you're talking to the boxer. The boxer doesn't have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> the boxer gets well, in the ring I, and, and I, does I, the I've, fight. I've got the answers. That's <laughs> it. The, the, the bottom line is, at, at the end of the day, I just gotta say, hey, I'm the fighter. Don't ask me any more questions. You know. You know what the bottom line is? <laughs> what, what, in all truth, the bottom line is. You're too dangerous of a fighter. Those guys don't want to fight you. Yeah, You're yeah. too dangerous of a fighter. Yeah, and everybody yeah. that knows you, that watches you, has followed your career, they know that. You, you know, are not an easy opponent for anybody. Everybody You're talks dangerous. about risk and reward dangerous. nowadays. That's what the, the boxing game is all about, risk and reward, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of risk at fighting me, but there's also a lot of reward. Yeah. No one beats me. So if you beat me, there's a lot of reward there in beating me, you know? And, of course, there's a lot of risk because no one beats me. <laughs> I, I know you said earlier that you're not about the belt. You're about your legacy and who you fight. Is that one advantage, though, of having a belt? Is that when you have a belt, then people want to fight you because there is that? So, you know, if you have that, then even guys that maybe don't want to fight you, if they want what you have, well, they have to. Yeah. The guys with the belt right now can go, I don't want to lose it to this guy. I've been in the phase now, uh, this will be my third time, where it's, it's not like I'm completely starting over, but it's almost like you're the blueprint. You're trying to figure out another way to get back to where you were and... Not that I've fallen off too much, but uh, the first was when I fought Kell Brooks, second Keith Thurman, and now uh, Errol Spence Jr. So after I fought Errol Spence Jr., a couple weeks go by, and I start to kind of try to formulate a plan of how can I get back there? And I just looked at everybody I wanted to fight and, or everyone I could fight, and I said, damn, nobody's going to want to fight me because I don't have a belt. That, that, at the end of the day, that becomes the strongest excuse that a fighter has in terms of not fighting a certain fighter is because that fighter doesn't have a belt. And so that's where I'm sitting at right now. Well put, my friend. All right, Showtime, Sean Porter in the house. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'll talk some football. Let's do it. All right, sounds good. We are live at the Cosmopolitan on a Friday. The champ is in the house, along with BGK Frank, Brian Benowitz, myself, T.C. Martin, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, Aha. the doctor, T.C. Martin. Aha. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this Friday, T.C. Martin Show. Showtime, Sean Porter joining us here today. Talk a little boxing and let's talk a little post-Super Bowl. All right, Sean, I know that your Browns didn't make it last time we had the show. We had... Uh, we had some hype going there with the Browns uh, falling to the Chiefs. But uh, give me your Super Bowl thoughts, man, because this uh, turned out to be probably one of the most lackluster Super Bowls we've seen in quite some time. It was uh, it was kind of, you know, a little underwhelming. Mm -hmm. Wasn't as, uh, as, as competitive as expected, you know. Mm -hmm. At the same time, seeing the way that the Buccaneers controlled the offense of, of, of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I think that made the fun, the game fun to watch, you know, because you, you, every every time Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands, you're waiting on him to go off, you know. Yeah. So every time you see him not go off, I think that kind of made it a little little fun and interesting to watch. But overall, I thought that uh, it was a good game. I was happy for, ta for Tom Brady. Yeah. I expected the Chiefs to win, but I wanted that for Tom Brady. I wanted him to be able to go down to Tampa Bay and do everything they expected him to do, you know. So 
again, I said we said this the last time I was here. The way that they started this season and the way that they finished, it, it kind of was like night and day, you know. So it was great to see him, you know, them pull it together and then Tom Brady lead the charge to a Super Bowl. What is this, a sixth Super Bowl now? Seventh. Seven, seven yeah. Super Bowl, We've well, yeah. been to 10, won seven. Am amazing, man. That's amazing. <laughs> It'll never be done again. No. No, yeah. I don't think anything will even be close to that as yeah, well. Yeah, I can't see yeah. a coach winning as many Super Bowls right. as he has won. Right. Crazy stuff, man. Yeah. So how surprised were you to, of that outcome, the way everything unfolded there? I'm extremely surprised, yeah. you know. I mean, we knew what specifically Patrick Mahomes had been through in the, in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl with, you know, the concussion and some minor injuries and things like that. But, I mean, to see him – Com get completely, you know, uh, uh, offset from his offense, not get into any type of rhythm at all and not get going. That was pretty amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. So we look at the uh, the future of, of these teams in the Super Bowl. Let's, let's first start with Tampa Bay, and we'll just throw it out to everybody here. When you – a very popular thing is when you win a Super Bowl – those free agents feel that they are at their peak at this point in time, and we see a lot of teams not be able to keep their own players. And the list goes on and on of, of, of guys that just say, hey, I, I, I'm at my peak now. I can go get that big contract. And they never usually get back to a Super Bowl or have success. They usually go to a lesser team. And, and I'm just wondering, when you look at Tampa Bay, if this is going to happen with them. I hope not. I mean, uh, I think that, uh, you know, and I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is kind of, they're kind of all over the place. They got, they got some young guys, they got some, you know, some guys that have had some, some miles on them, and then they got a lot of guys who've had a lot of miles on them, you know. So I think right now um, it's kind of, I think it will be up in the air. I think, uh, I think, you know, optimism tells you, hey, man, stay together and make get more championships, you know, but it's somehow, some way the business always creeps in and, and uh, these guys always end up uh, jumping ships. So yeah. I, I hate to see it happen, but it happens every year. I, uh, you know, I, saw, I, I think at this point it's pretty unpredictable <laughs> even for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would be very surprised if Tampa made it back next year. Hmm. You know, I don't think that they'll keep their team intact. I think there's a lot of hungry teams. You look at uh, Sean's team, Cleveland. You look, at the, you look at the Raiders. You look at the Bills. You look at teams on the rise that I think really want to take that next step. Then you look at the main disappointment. The dis most disappointing team this year was Green Bay. Green Bay really looked to be the team to win the Super Bowl, and they fell flat. So that's a team that might have a little hunger because, uh, you know, they may, know, they may have a very small window to get there. Where the other teams, Seattle, um, New Orleans. Right. It feels as like they're, they're, they're passe. They're done. It's gone past them. Maybe even Baltimore. Those are teams that just don't look like they're going to be competitive as, as the next season rolls in, to me, from, what, from my view. Well, and it's interesting, too, because you're going to have some guys that are on Tampa Bay, and maybe some of the younger guys that go, okay, I have my ring now. Now I'm going to go chase a better contract. I want to go someplace else and make more money. The flip side of that is you might have some other guys that are a little bit older and have had successful careers and made some money, and they might go, you know what, if I go to Tampa Bay, maybe I can win a ring down there. So some guys might actually take a little bit less if they think they have a chance to chase that ring. So there is a little bit different dichotomy. The bottom line is whenever you have Tom Brady and the crew that they have down there when they are the defense, 
defending champs. They're going to get some looks from some people, but you still have to make all the dollars and cents work out. But yeah, there's definitely, they're going to lose some people. That's the nature of the business. And with success, everybody wants a raise. And with the salary cap, everybody can't get one. And I always look at the Patriots. I mean, Malcolm Butler, and then you, you can even go way back when to guys like Wes Welker and this and that. They're at their peak, and they go chase that contract, and they never get back to where it is. Never. And, and we see the Patriots. I mean, that's why the demise of the Patriots. Yeah. And they could only reload so often <laughs> and so much. And, yes. and obviously, it came back to hurt them. That were Tom Brady saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to be able to get it done anymore with this team. So I'm going to go elsewhere. But really, all of that is because – those guys got a little full of themselves and instead of you know trying to stay together we take it to the nba we look at the warriors i mean just think if kevin durant would have stayed there you know you got clay yeah. thompson uh, obviously yeah. he had he had to be healthy and yeah. steph curry as well too yeah. but again you, they just like okay i got a title or two i've accomplished that now let me go somewhere else whether it's a legacy thing i want to try to build it on my own but you just we're not going to see that anymore it's like what you said about how many championships this guy's going to have we don't see these teams anymore because of free agency. Yeah, and then even if you go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're talking about are they going to stay together? But what about the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I mean, right. they, they won a Super Bowl last year. Right. You, you practically lost with practically the same team this year. Right. Are you going to stay together and go back for it again next year? I mean, it's no secret that with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, they are championship contenders every year as long as their team stays together you know so i think that that's an interesting question too because they i think that they are the new the new version of the patriots where you know where they're going to be at the end of every regular season going into the postseason and you know how far they're going to go through the postseason but the only thing that would change is if certain players were to make an exit from the team i don't know what you guys think about the the balance of power here but when you look at the afc right now the AFC's a, a pretty tough road to, to get through. And being in the NFC, Tampa Bay, if they can keep, you know, we know Brady's going to come back. Gronk says he's going to come back. And, again, if you bring Leonard Fournette back and Ronald Jones and those wide receivers that they have there, I mean, wow, you know, Mike Evans. I mean, Tampa Bay, they could be set because, really, who are the threats? Green Bay, okay, maybe New Orleans. And we know Green Bay's got some problems on defense. Of course, Aaron Rodgers will be another year older. Drew Brees, we don't know if he's coming back or not. And if he's not coming back, I mean, you're going to give the keys to the to the ship to, you know, Taysom Hill or, you know, Jameis Teddy, Winston. Teddy Bridgewater's you, you down know, there too, right? Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, no, no, he, he went he to left. Carolina. He's, he's with Carolina Yeah, now. they got Jameis yeah. Winston there now. Yeah, But yeah. when you look at the AFC, well, you got Kansas City. They're still rock solid. Yeah. And you, you look what's uh, there. Your Cleveland Browns, the Ravens, the, the Ravens, Browns, the Steelers, the Bills, the Bills <laughs> up and covers, right? And yeah. you could even make a case like, okay, if Miami gets it together, they got a lot of good pieces too. It yeah. just seems like that there are there's a lot more obstacles in the road there if you're in the AFC. It, even even more interesting is myself being a Browns fan. I was looking at as the lead as the um, season was winding down, and I saw that we were able to make the playoffs. I was I was like. We're still not going to go far. I mean, right. we got Pittsburgh the first week. Then we might possibly have the Ravens. The Bills are out there. The Kansas City Chiefs out there. I was like, eh, whatever. There's no Super Bowl in the future for us anytime soon <laughs> because it's just that stacked over there. You know, then you're the Browns. You, you mess around and, and make it through the first round and then almost make it through the second round, you know. So I think that uh, at the end of the day for the AFC, it's always going to take a little bit of magic 
to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, look at how far the NFC uh, champions have fallen over recent years. The Rams, the Niners, the Eagles, they're just not even competitive when it came to the end of the year this year. Uh, and maybe the Niners can find that magic again next year and, and get their defense back geared up. But right now, it, it's hard to say. It seems like Green Bay, to me and everybody else, will be chasing them. Mm-hmm. Well, and the interesting team to me is the Rams because is Stafford that elite quarterback that the Rams are banking on him being that they gave up so much to get him yeah. to make that one championship run because we know how good their defense is? Or is he the guy that can't win the big game that has been kind of his moniker? And a lot of people say, well, it's because he didn't have the team around him. Well, now he's got one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league. He's got guys like Cooper Cup and some offensive talent there. They've put everything out in him, and with his age and everything else, the Rams have basically said, it's win now. I mean, th- this is it. There's, there's not like this is build and let's, m- let's let this develop. They're trying to do what Stafford, basically what Tampa Bay did with Tom Brady this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if Stafford's coachable. Well, you know. one thing, I can't get golfed anymore uh, by betting on the Rams. Good riddance. You're kind of with a different team, although yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're golfed in Detroit, it might be on you. I, was, I, might just I, be Detroit. I would say that in the four years we've done best bets, TC has never picked the Detroit Lions at one time. I think you're absolutely right with that. Certain teams I just stay away from. He's and, like, I'm going to scratch them off. And, and, and the Browns were one of those, too, up until last year. I yeah. just stay away from the Browns, you know? <laughs> if I had to pick them, it would just be for Sean. No, I was going to say, it's not true. I know you picked the Browns at least once for me. I did. I did. I did, especially this last year. Let me ask you something, going back to the free agents here, okay? As a boxer, you know, you're not tied to a city or really a, a community because of the individual sport that you're in. But you are connected to a team in a sense of contract terms, a promotional company. Compare being a boxer to a sport athlete in terms of contractual obligations and, and things of that nature. Because, you know, again, we're, we're seeing guys talk like J.J. Watt today that said, hey, yeah. release me, I'm gone. Deshaun yeah. Watson, I am totally unhappy. Get rid of me, trade me. And the Texans are saying, no. We're not, we're not going to trade you. Yeah. So you're in that individual sport, and I think a lot of people think, hey, you can make all of your own calls. So talk a little bit about that because you are under contract to, to a promotion company, and you have a team around you. You know what I think the, the biggest uh, difference is, you know, in, in boxing, I think right now <clears throat> we can say that there, there might be 10 superstar boxers right now, maybe, maybe 10, yeah. roughly. There's how many in the NFL? There's how many in, in the NBA? You know, so it's it's almost like there's the, there's the contract there, but when you argue that contract, that the team is saying, I'll find another one of you. Go ahead, go go wherever you want to go. I'll get rid of that contract. I'll keep my money, so on and so forth. Well, boxing, it's like, no man, you're making us too much money. No man, this is what we what, this is what we agreed upon, and they ain't letting they ain't letting you go. You know, so. I think that's the main thing is that, you know, there's there's so much more in the other sports where boxing is just there's a select few that get to that that's that that elite level. And when you get there, nobody wants to take their hands off of you, especially when they have you when they have their hands on you contractually. Well, and the other interesting thing about it, too, when you're talking about that, like you mentioned before, as a boxer, you're more than just a boxer. You're more than the guy going in the ring. You have to promote. You have to promote yourself Mm -hmm. to get other people to want to fight you, to get organizations, to get the pay-per-views and all that sort of stuff. 
In the NFL or any team sport, you don't have to do that, yeah. although maybe some wide receivers think you do because they seem to be the prima donnas <laughs> of their sports. Man, it's, it's tough watching these wide receivers right now, but, you know, the NFL, the NBA, even the NHL and, 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 and the other sports out there, it's like they have a built-in crowd, and their built-in crowd is massive. Our built-in crowd for boxing is a small community, you know, so it's like we have to go outside of that community to get people to come in, and more times than not, you got to find a commercial, you got to find a, a world star or Instagram or, you know, a Twitter or something like that, something, and it's got to pop. If it doesn't pop, nobody cares about it, you know, so we got the short end of the stick when it comes to sports. You know, we've talked about this before. You were a, a heck of a a high school football player, yeah. you know, running back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you ever kind of look back and say, man, I wonder if I would have taken a different path here? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I stopped doing that just a little while ago, like in the last couple of years. Okay. And, but even with saying, like, I would say maybe about five or five or so years ago, I said, no, nah, I'm good. Stop thinking about what if I, okay. what if I had gone on to play football and all that kind of stuff. Because you didn't, and you're living a good life. But I still would watch football, and I just would try to, you know, envision myself being out there. About three years ago, I'm seeing these guys get whacked. They're 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 knocked out, you know, laying on the on the ground. And I was like, man, I don't remember football being like this. I was like, no, I, I did the right thing. I definitely did the right thing. When you were at running back, did you find that when you were throwing that stiff arm out there on a defensive back coming in, you're like, hey, you know what? If I put that up in a fist, I can make a living off of my this. Brother, so my brother, my brother played football too. He's taller than me, longer arms, and all that kind of stuff, and. You would think that I would see a, a, a stiff arm from the NFL or something like that, and that made me want to do it. My brother was fast, and so when he would when he would run the ball, his first thing was to throw a stiff arm, and so that's kind of where I learned how to throw a stiff arm. And my brother told me one day, he said, you got to throw it like a jab. He said, yeah. if you throw it like a jab, it's going to hit them and they won't catch you, you know. So that's what I, I started doing, and then there would were, there were be times where, Certain players and certain teams where it wasn't a, a hand, it was more of a fist, you know what I mean? So I, I, I love the sport, man. So now all I do is watch it, man. And, and, and especially, you know, seeing Patrick Mahomes go down when he, when he was playing the Browns, I was like, man, I don't want him to come back into the game. I said, it's, it has nothing to do with the Browns winning. I want him to be okay because right. I've seen it in the, in the ring. I've never really seen it on the field like that, you know? So I know what happens in the ring and, and say, hey, they don't, they don't experience it that much on the field, so don't overlook anything. Put this kid back in when he's ready. And I think even you could see the way he performed in the, in the Super Bowl that there were still some lingering things oh, no going doubt. on with him. You know? That turf toe was bothering yeah. him. Okay, Showtime Sean Porter in the house to join us. All right, uh, as we wrap up here today, man, again, I appreciate you being here. Uh, one more topic that I want to hit with you, because being an athlete, you know, in the news a lot here recently has been the uh, NBA uh, in the national anthem and that sort of thing, you know, Mark Cuban, uh, you know, was they were not playing the national anthem there in Dallas with the Mavericks, and then the NBA came back and said, "No, everyone is going to play that." Uh, give me your thoughts. How do you think that the leagues and these teams should handle the national anthem? Huh. I, uh, you know, there's 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 stories about the national anthem. I think at the end of the day, it is the national anthem. It is what is recognized as the song of the country, the land that you live in. And I think that you still just should honor it. You should honor it for those reasons. Don't dishonor it because of the, the back story about it or, or, or wh where it derived from. 
I think that uh, there needs to be more unity in, in, the, in the United States of America. And I think that um, as long as this song is keeping people united, I think that it should still be played. I think that if they're, if they're coming into situations where people are boycotting games because of they're playing the national anthem and things like that, then maybe, you know, consider not, not playing it or not allowing it to be sung or, or th and things like that. But I think that uh, I am an American. I think that I'm proud of where I live and where, I, where I'm from, the freedom that I do have. I personally don't have any issues, have never had any issue, any issues. So I'm sure that there may be someone listening to this and, you know, hey, he doesn't know this or he doesn't know that. Well, I'm sorry. I've never had any experiences. So the only things that I've experienced is this country giving me or allowing me to have the freedom that I've experienced, you know. So because of that, I say play the national anthem. But, you know, if there, if there happens to be problem in certain cities, certain games, you, you, you're... you're attendance goes down or anything like yeah. that then maybe consider you know not allowing it to be played so for just about all of your fights the national anthem is played in the arena while you're still in the dressing room yeah I think and, so. you know yeah. you're warming up so do you do you stop and do you pause do you know when that anthem is being played i don't know more, more times so, than not i don't okay yeah and, and but when you did and even as amateur and that sort of thing, I mean, how, how, how do you feel about that anthem know, it's you, funny because even when i'm at home and i'm watching the game and, and those guys are all standing up, football, and they're right. standing up, and you see guys with their eyes closed. Nowadays, you see some guys crying and all that right. kind of stuff. I have, I'm a very empathic person, so I feel for those guys, and I feel the song when it's being played. And there's times I'm sitting down at home, and I'm like, should I be standing, <laughs> you know? I don't stand up, but I do recognize when the song is being played. I do respect the song, and I, I respect what the song uh, represents. It represents the freedom of the United States. Uh, at least that's what it's supposed to represent. So I respect it for that. All right. Good stuff, man. All right. Showtime, Sean Porter in hey, the man, house. I ain't coming Good. back here no more. What, was that, that was too tough for you? Yeah. You got a little serious <laughs> on you? It, it, too, all day. It's been it, all day. <laughs> it's been great stuff. What you got my, about? You got my mouth off. You got my alphabet off. Everything. We got my man Samuel over here shooting everything, <laughs> yeah, man. A little yeah. shout out to him and everybody here. The Cosmopolitan is hanging out. I appreciate out. you. I got to give a shout out to uh, Jackie Kostek, who was here earlier, Action News 13. She was shooting some stuff. Five o'clock. Go check that out. So... Uh, we were talking about the NHL uh, bringing fans back. So uh, that'll be on the news tonight, Action News 13. So check out Jackie, as I like to call her. Columbus, Ohio. She is a big-time Buckeye fan. So I got a, a shout-out to uh, Buckeye Jackie. There you go from Channel 13. So, uh, yeah, check that out uh, tonight. All right. By, by the way, your game wasn't off. You were just thinking outside the box and being an original. There you go. Showtime. That's exactly <laughs> what's going hey. on. Every, every round, I give you 10, 8 rounds today. What are you talking about? You knocked uh, it out today, man. You know? Uh, we, you, we, you have to stand out to get the fight you want, right? Yes, sir. You stood yes, out sir. today. Yes, yeah. yes sir. You know, we hey, you add up the scorecards, okay? The day, that's it. At the end of the day, I say, you know what? They got some good sound bites. That's all that matters. Oh, rocks off. All right, you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. This interview will be up there. Check it all out. And again, we'll be back at it again on Monday, back here at the Cosmopolitan on Fridays. BGK Frank, appreciate it. Double B, have a great weekend here at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, you too, TC. Let's uh, let's have some fun. we got a uh, post time in about two minutes. That's right. Brian's horse, chirp, go to the window. Get go ready to go.
All right. Go to the window. Golden Gate. Showtime. Always appreciate you being here, man. That's appreciate right. you taking time out of the day, and we'll talk to you real soon. You got it. All right. He's a great follow on Twitter, too, at Showtime Sean P. So check all that out again, and go check out all the stuff on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy Valentine's Day. We'll reconvene Monday at 2 o'clock.